Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's the Garnet Trust Hour. Spencer Rattler, Gamecocks quarterback, joining us in studios on your home of the Gamecocks. Welcome in, man. I know you said it's been a little while since you've done some live radio, but we're happy to have you. Uh, everything doing well, though? 107.5. Yeah, everything's been great. You know, off-season's going well with workouts and uh, throwing sessions and stuff like that. So uh, getting into the routine and just going at it every day. The game. Get ready. And welcome in to 107.5 The Game's Garnet Trust Hour here on Tuesday, March 21st. Tyler Head and Chris Clark along with you. And Chris, we got a got a full house in here. I'll let you uh, let you introduce everybody. Sorry, Tyler, I can't hear you. No, I said we got a full house in can't here. I'll let you. you uh, yep. All right, work working on it here. Got to get some good headphones. Can you hear me now? I got you now. Okay, I said we got a full house going on here. It is a full here. house. So we're, yeah, so we're trying to find some additional headphones. Working on it. Here for our guests. We got a bunch of special guests here in the I studio I see that. We got, uh, we got people waiting in the on-deck circle, it looks like. Yep. We've got uh, Jay Brown, former Gamecock baseball player and a buddy of mine. Okay. Everybody give me a thumbs up when you can hear me or hear what's going on in the headphones. They're still working on that. Yep, we're still working on it. They're going to have to hear me, yeah. and then during the next break, yeah, they can we'll, hear you. Yeah, we'll work on it. Yep, that sounds good. So I've got Jay Brown here, former Gamecock baseball pitcher on the 2010 national title team, and then McGee Moody, um, former Gamecock swim and dive coach here for many, many years. I uh, appreciate y'all being with us, and both of them now with Cornerstone Financial Management. Um, and so going to have some fun today, guys. Uh, talk about some Gamecock sports, number one, hopefully. And then also we're going to chat a little bit about uh, the NIL space, financial management, and uh, just that kind of aspect of it that doesn't get talked about really enough. Um, so first of all, appreciate y'all being here. Uh, y'all both done radio. McGee, used to listen to you calling <laughs> in. Jay, listened to you on broadcast before. So y'all, y'all know what y'all are doing. Y'all know your way around the studio and the mic. Yeah, Chris, appreciate you having us on. Um, it, pleasure to be here, but yeah, I've done some baseball stuff in the past and uh, uh, always enjoy coming on. Uh, McGee, how, how's it going? How, how has your transition from the coaching life, because I remember we talked a few years ago for a story and, you, you know, we were just talking about kind of the grind of coaching, yeah. like the hours, yeah. especially because like you recruited, I remember a lot of kids like from the West Coast. Mm -hmm. So they're getting out of school and normal people are going to bed. Right. out here and you're well, having to get on the phone with them but how's that transition been to the uh, other the side transition's awesome and, and the the interesting thing is 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 what what we do now with with financial planning and things like that is a, a lot more similar to coaching than i ever thought it would be minus the uh ridiculously long hours that coaches have to put in it's not near as as hectic and and uh stressful as it was before uh schedule's better life's good uh you know kind of kind of moving along, but it is, it is pretty similar in what we do and, and how we 
kind of create plans and, and strategies. And it's a lot like coaching. You know, you sit down and, and you work with clients as opposed to sitting down working with athletes and setting up plans for them to become an Olympian or, or make it to the NFL or make it to the NBA, whatever that is. It's very similar in creating a plan for somebody to retire at 55. So it, it is similar, but, but very different. And, uh, but as, as far as the, the lifestyle goes, it moves much slower. The, the real world moves a lot slower than the coaching world does. Yeah, and it's been kind of fascinating to, you know, just in tracking and covering the NIL space. Obviously, it's a it's a totally different world now that we live in, um, just in terms of the recruiting implications that it's had. But also, there have been a lot of, I don't know, alarming headlines, people talking a lot about, you know, focusing on well, X, X kid is getting, you know, I don't know, a million dollars or a bunch of money. The vast majority, that that's the minority. That's the 1% really from what we've seen in the space. But one of the kind of things that one of the, I don't know, not a consequence, but just something we've seen kind of sprout out of that is the fact that when kids are making NIL money and and a lot of them are kids, you know, 18 to 21 year olds, I think back to how I managed money back then or how I didn't manage money. And so now they're coming into some money, whether it's $600, you know, something that's putting you over where now you're paying taxes or for a select few, you know, 600,000. So what what have you guys seen in this space or what are the important things to know um, from the athlete standpoint, you know, just about NIL and how that may affect their financial futures? Well, I think the one of the reasons when I, when I first stepped away from coaching, NIL was just starting to become a thing. Um, we'd had the Austin case. We'd have all these different things coming along that were, that were in its final stages, but we're really just starting to see NIL evolve. And I knew immediately from knowing college athletics that, okay, uh, this is going to take some structuring. And at the time, it didn't look like there was very much to it. And so there's, there was so much that was going into as, as because when, when things take off in the college world, it, they take off at 100 miles an hour and they don't look back, right? Mm-hmm. Well, knowing that, you could see how much effort was going into the front end of making these deals and creating these opportunities for the athletes, but there was very little going into what happens once those deals were done. And, and so Jay and I started talking, uh, and, and we started talking with the other advisors in the office, and it's an opportunity uh, to provide a service and to provide education for these athletes once those deals are done, how to then kind of manage and direct and uh, create opportunities for them moving forward. Uh, and, and because it does open up new doors. And like you said, it can be something as, as, uh, as small as six, $700. And it could be something, it could be a really, really large amount of money. Uh, and I think if, if we're going to offer a, a full package uh, at the University of South Carolina, it needs to be uh, a front end creating these deals through either the Garnet Trust or but there also needs to be a, a, there's a responsibility that comes along with that to help them um, manage that and be able to understand what the responsibilities come with that, those amounts of money. Jay, two, kind of a two-sided question for you here. You were a student athlete here before the NIL era, right? So just lean on your own experience or what you think you might have done, how you would have handled things as an athlete, but also what you've seen on this side professionally. You know, what do you think the biggest issue, quote unquote, is for athletes who maybe come into any any type of amount of money? We can say substantial. You can define that however you want. Is it 
just not knowing that there are tax implications? Is it the fact that you don't need to spend it all at once, that you need to invest it? Like what, what's the number one thing that you would tell from your perspective, an athlete that maybe you would be advising or that may be listening? Yeah. Uh, I've thought about that a lot, uh, you know, coming from my background and, and then what, what I do now. But I, I think the, the first thing is it's so easy this day and age to make purchases, right? And you see, you know, all the social media accounts and these influencers and, you know, it's easy to make an Amazon purchase on your phone within five seconds. And, you know, there's just so many opportunities to spend money that uh, the, the biggest thing, and yes, taxes and, and yes, cash flow and yes, budgeting, but but some sort of deferred gratification, right? If you save this amount of money, I mean, and this gets a little bit into the weeds, but you know, if you put a dollar away today as an 18 year old, by the time you retire, that $1 could be, you know, worth 80, $90 if it's invested, right? And now not everything's going to do that, but it, it's, it's having the discipline and uh, the, the, the ability to, to understand what, what putting a little bit away for today could equal, you know, later in life. We have a, a lot more to dive into um, with Jay Brown and McGee Moody, and we're going to continue to do that throughout the Garnet Trust Hour here. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Tyler, you good with that? Take a quick break. And then when we come back, when we come back on the other side, uh, we're going to chat with Rebecca Lorick, who is also in studio with us, PAC Studio today from Pathways to Healing. And we're going to talk with Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler is part of Rebecca Lorick's Pathways to Healing event at the State House coming up on April 1st. So we'll take a quick time out, talk to her and Spencer Rattler on the other side. It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Garnet Trust Hour. Chris Clark here on 107.5 The Game inside the Herndon Chevrolet Studios. Got a couple special guests here in the studio with us today on the Garnet Trust Hour to tell us about a really cool event coming up. I'm here with Rebecca Lorick from Pathways to Healing and... Gamecock football's Spencer Rattler. Hope y'all are doing well. Appreciate y'all joining us. Uh, Rebecca, I know you guys at Pathways to Healing have a really neat event coming up. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you got coming up in April. Yeah, so thanks, Chris, and thanks, Spencer, for being with us today. We are really excited on April 1st at South Carolina State House. We will be walking a mile in our shoes. It is our annual fundraising event and awareness event where we talk about um, raising awareness about sexual assault. We're walking against sexual assault and to end sexual violence. And we're super excited to have Spencer on our team this year. Um, We're excited to have everybody to come out to the walk. It's going to be at 930 in the morning on April 1st. And it's all about walking a mile in another survivor's shoes and spreading awareness and saying no to sexual assault. Spencer, tell me why you think it is so important to sign on to this event and why is it so important for people to sign up to walk a mile in our shoes? I think it's very important because us as men um, really don't get a the realization of how hard it can be for women um, in everyday lives, no matter what the age, gender, ethnicity, all that is. So with our platform being college athletes, I think it's big for us to take a stand versus sexual violence and sexual assault and um, back up those women who are very strong and even men who are strong as well. So I think that's why it's important. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned that men are also victims. And we see that more and more today. And um, we we want everybody to report sexual violence um, if they're having an issue. So, um, yeah, it really impacts everyone. So specifically, do you have somebody in mind that you're walking for or just in general? Uh, Specifically, I don't have anybody um, related to me or very close to me that has gone through this trauma. But I will be walking for all the survivors and all the people who have experienced these things through their lives. 
Well, and I know that people appreciate, the survivors appreciate you standing against sexual violence. You know, I share very often that my daughter is a survivor of sexual assault. And during this walk this year, I dedicate my walk to her. So um, we'll be walking together for, for her. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, tell me who should walk at this walk. I challenge all the USC students to get out and walk a mile to show they stand with their survivors. Awesome. And we do have a lot of commitment from the USC students. We've got a class that is working with us right now on planning. So we're excited to have lots of students from USC show up. I hear that you have already created your Walk a Mile team. And that team is actually live right now on our website at pathwaystohealing.com. So if anybody wants to join Spencer Rattler's team, they can join us at the website. All you have to do is click join a team, join Spencer Rattler's team, and you're good to go. Yes. Come out and join my team at pathwaystohealing.com. It'll be a good time. All right. Well, uh, Rebecca, appreciate you being here. Spencer, appreciate you being here. I know uh, we got to get you off to do more football activities and school activities. So uh, thanks for being here to tell people more about Pathways to Healing. And Rebecca, are you good to hang out for a little while longer in studio? I'll be here. All right. All right, Rebecca, um, appreciate you again being here. We're going to let Spencer go. And we're also bringing in Jeremy Smith from Garnet Trust. Welcome in, Jeremy. First time live in studio for you, too, as you trade out with Spencer. Absolutely. First time live, and it's a very nice little setup here. Yeah, it is indeed nice. We got the headphones situated, so we're all good to go now. Rebecca Lork, Pathways to Healing, is going to hang out with us for a little while longer, too. Really cool event. Um, Tell us, Jeremy, a little bit, and then Rebecca also, y'all both just kind of tag team on this one, about just how this came together. This is something that we were, you know, hit on a little bit earlier is kind of there's been a lot of focus on the negative side of NIL. You see a lot of headlines about you know, athletes making money and things of that nature. But we've also seen a lot of charitable work, a lot of good in the NIL space. And of course, Jeremy, I know you through Garnet Trust and the Garnet Trust Foundation, uh, you've been a part of, you know, helping players get connected um, with charitable organizations like Pathways to Healing. So speak a little bit on the importance of that and kind of what you've seen and then how this came together as well. Absolutely. So yeah, this is probably one of the most important things that we're doing in the NIL space is really coming alongside um, local charities uh, throughout Columbia and throughout the state to kind of use the student athletes to help promote them with whatever causes that they have. Um, And we're we're hoping that, uh, and we're seeing actually, this is already starting to happen, that uh, these student athletes, they get be involved with these charities. They're asking after the fact, how can I continue to stay involved? And I think that's, that's awesome. We really want to build uh, hearts of giving back. So when they do leave Carolina and they go back to their own community, they have uh, they have the same the same mission in life to try to help other charities out. And I was so lucky to co- get connected uh, with Rebecca uh, and Pathways to Healing on this uh, opportunity uh, on April first to walk around the state house. Uh, I think it's a great cause. I think it's something that uh, we need to continuously be putting out there into the uh, into the community about how important this subject is. And uh, just so excited that we could. Uh, bring Spencer and, and a few of the other student-athletes along with us uh, next week. Rebecca, how important is there? Obviously, a lot of ways that people can get involved, pathways to healing, but how much does it help your organization or just organizations like yours to have athletes like Spencer Rattler, who are now allowed, formerly they were not, you know, in the past, who are allowed to go and, and spend time um, and talk about and, and kind of shed light on your organization, what you're doing? 
Yeah, so this is just a tremendous opportunity, and I'm so grateful to be here today and grateful for what um, Garnet Trust Foundation does. I mean, it was just amazing for me to get connected with Jeremy through a partner of ours, and I heard about the great work that they're doing about, you know, just connecting athletes with causes. And like he said, people with a heart for um, what we do and giving back to the community. So it's an, a tremendous opportunity, and it really just raises so much awareness. I mean, we're a small nonprofit, right? Um we're the largest rape crisis center in South Carolina, but we're still a small nonprofit and it just helps the, the power that we have behind these athletes' voices for them to take a stand against sexual violence and to participate in, in Walk a Mile. It, it really is tremendous in spreading awareness and getting the word out about um, people are serious about ending sexual assault and serious about caring for their community. I want to go back to what you set up earlier with Spencer when we chatted with him, and that is joining his team for the walk. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that means, what that entails, and then how people who are listening can get involved with that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, what we do is we have our website set up, pathwaystohealing.com. We have a big um, picture or banner that says join today, and all you have to do is click that and then you can actually join a team. And Spencer Rattler's team is live right now. You can go join his team. You can either join to walk, which we would love to have people out. We we want we want to make lots of noise this year at the State House. So it would be great if you come out. It's also a fundraising opportunity because we rely so heavily on fundraising dollars. You know, we get federal funding and we get different pots of money and we're so grateful for that. Um, but we also just heavily rely on that fundraising event. It's it's our annual fundraising event, the only fundraising, the largest fundraising event that we have. So tremendous. So anybody can go on there, join the team um, or just fundraise for us. So uh, again, that spreads awareness too. So it's super simple. Click join here, type in Spencer, uh, Spencer's name and his team will pop up. You can either join his team or donate or check out some of the other cool teams that we have. And we would love to have you come out. Yeah, and you can do that at pathwaystohealing.com. Um, when you raise those dollars, Rebecca, what kind of resources um, is Pathways to Healing you know, able to provide in terms of education or just kind of tangible resources? Yeah, so those dollars are so huge for us. You know, as a rape crisis center, what we do is we have a 24-hour um, hotline that people can call in if they're in crisis. We also have a um, hospital accompaniment program where we go out to the hospital for people who are going for a forensic medical exam, which is just in- incredible to be able to hold a victim's hand through that process. And then we do a lot of education in the school system, and that is really one of the critical programs that we need funding for is to go out to talk with children about healthy relationships, not just sexual assault or sexual violence or sexual abuse. We want to talk with them about what does a healthy relationship look like? What does conflict resolution look like? You know, we're seeing such an uptick in violence. We talk to these kids about how do you resolve conflict without moving towards violence and that being the the first step. So we talk with them a lot about that. And then we also talk to children, children about having trusted adults, right? Especially um, 
well, all children, but especially the younger ones, we want them to understand that they have different trusted adults that they can talk to so they can disclose sexual assault if they are being abused. And you would be shocked at the amount of every time, almost every time that we go into a school, we talk about these things. We talk about healthy boundaries and healthy relationships. Almost every time we go out, we get a disclosure of child sexual abuse, which is great that people are reporting, right? Because it shows that our education is working. And so that's what this funding is going towards. Those those dollars go to fund a, a classroom full of children being educated on healthy relationships and giving them the opportunity to, to report um, child sexual abuse and then to get resources after the fact because we do counseling after the fact. We literally hold their hand through that process from beginning to end. Yeah, really important stuff there. And so, again, we appreciate uh, appreciate you, Rebecca, and we appreciate Spencer also coming by to, to chat about this. Jeremy, b- bigger que- bigger picture question for you. Um, you know, just in working with athletes at, at Garnet Trust, you do all sorts of deals. It, it, may, do, it may be something um, kind of as simple as an athlete doing some kind of media content, social media post events, but also, again, as we said earlier, a lot of charitable work. But how have you found in your experience working with these athletes on your side, in your lane, just in terms of kind of their, their heart for charity, um, I know you mentioned earlier a lot of them want to kind of go back and do more after they've had a taste of kind of giving back to the community. Uh, it's been absolutely amazing. Um, you really find quickly that the culture that all these uh, USC uh, coaches have built uh, has been absolutely amazing. Uh, so many of these athletes are just begging for opportunities to serve. Uh, I've actually seen some of the players who have received um, some NIL uh, opportunities uh, doing things that were not chari- charitable uh, in focus, but have taken that money that they've earned and put it back into charity and taking taking uh, you know, children out to see a movie and, and spending some time with some folks that they you know normally would not have the opportunity to do. And uh, it, it's, it's just, it warms my heart. It's amazing uh, how awesome this uh, university system is with, with the student athletes and uh, can't wait to see where this goes over the next few years because I really think it's going to help not only the community, but it's just going to help us build a you know a better um, a better opportunity for so many future student athletes. I don't know if any of us really have the answer to this, but how can the narrative change a little bit about NIL just in terms of it going from? I mean, you remember how much play and how many headlines the the whole Jaden Rashada quarterback thing at Florida, where he's getting a what was it you know thirteen million dollar NIL deal, and that just gets so much focus put on it. And it's almost like there's less focus on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Spencer Rattler working with Pathways Pathways to Healing. Things like that. Is there any way to reverse that narrative? Is it just going to take time? Is it just going to take awareness? I think it is. I think it's uh, the education part is going to be something we're always working on. Um, the, the, the best advice that I always tell people is don't believe what you hear because the majority of that stuff isn't true. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to find uh, the right... Um, 
the right space to, to do these types of opportunities in. And we're working with a lot of the other universities and their collectives to try to figure out where um, where that baseline is. But, uh, yeah, I think it's just going to take some time for in education to get people to understand what we're doing and that we're doing things for the right reason, at least here in South Carolina. Going to take a quick break, come back, and continue on with the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. What we're talking about on 107.5 The Game. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. And welcome back into the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Before we jump back into our conversation, I want to let you know about the 107.5 The Game Spring Golf Classic coming up this Friday out of the Charwood Golf Club in West Columbia. If you want to be a part of it, give Charwood a call at 803-755-2000 to register. It is $100 per person and $400 per team. Got a lot of cool gifts to give away on Friday, including a tailgating spot at the upcoming Carolina Cup. Going to have some autographed gear from Gamecock Athletes. And one lucky person will win season tickets to all remaining USC baseball games. Josh Van, former South Carolina wide receiver, going to be hanging out with us. Free lunch provided by Firehouse Subs. And it's going to be a beautiful day. Temperatures in the high 80s and a very low chance of rain. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the 107.5 game spring golf classic. As we welcome back in uh, McKee and Jay, either you guys uh, big golfers? I, I used to be. I used <laughs> to be. Yeah. You already try- retired, Jay? No, I haven't retired yet, but um, I try to get out there when I can. The last time I played golf, I believe, was probably Coach Spurrier's golf tournament that he had uh, one of one of his last years before he retired. Uh, and I, you, you just don't have time. Like it's yeah. it's if it's not built into your schedule, you don't have time. And and now I think uh, I'm not sure I could hit a golf ball if I if I tried. It's been so long, but. Uh, I'm willing to make time. I'm kind of surprised <laughs> that y'all, y- y'all don't like work it in like, hey, uh, you know, I got this client. We, we got to go play golf now. <laughs> y- y'all don't work that in? Yeah, I feel like that's very in line with the work that you guys do. Uh, is like take a client out to the golf course, right? Yeah, I- I've done that before and <laughs> might be doing that pretty pretty uh, soon as well. But yeah, yeah. I-, I just, there, there's, there's a little bit of, of golf credibility that I need to establish before I can really use that to my advantage. When you go out and then you're, you're hitting balls all over the place and you're shooting 100, like sometimes that's not the best technique for attracting clients or getting deals done on a golf course. You need to find an old copy of like Tiger Woods PGA Tour, like 08 or something like that, and just put in a lot of hours on that. Get yourself back up to speed. Well, a lot of YouTube videos. Yeah, well, I was going to say, so I, I used to work for an attorney and he was explaining to me that his car, which very nice car, multiple very nice cars, was an investment because if a client came up and saw an attorney driving a beater or whatever, that guy is not any good. So you on the golf course, Jay, you got to that credibility. It's like if this guy can't play golf, I'm not letting him handle my money. Is that kind of uh, yeah? It goes that, hand in hand. It goes hand in hand. Definitely your golf game and your your financial De- abilities. <laughs> Definitely. McGee, do you still do? I, I remember uh, you told me you're a big hunter. You yeah. Still do that? I do. I do as much as I can. Uh, I mean, it's 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 funny now because um, you know when I coached, we, we Wednesday morning was the only pra- the only day of the week that we didn't have morning practice, and so our morning practices would start five thirty six o'clock in the morning. And uh, and my wife used to think I was crazy because the one morning that I didn't have to get up at four forty-five, I was usually getting up at four thirty, driving to the hunting lease and getting ready to go out there. And and uh, I look at it now, and I, I I do think she was probably right. <laughs> I think I was a little crazy. So uh, my my morning hunts have cut back uh, immensely, but the afternoons are, are are always good. And it it's good. Uh, 
Ken Calcott, who's the the owner of Cornerstone Financial, he's a big hunter too. So it's always good when you've got you know a, a boss that hunts a lot too and understands that. There you go. So, is that is it the same thing if you went on a hunting retreat with somebody and they couldn't? It definitely would be a yeah. good shot. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It definitely would be. Um, is I know you killed a big boar back in the day. That was a I saw long the picture of that time ago. Yeah, that was that was probably 2010. That was out in Gonzales, Texas. Yeah. So that was uh, that was a while. It was 280 pounds. So, how much do y'all still keep up with Gamecock athletics? I know I talked to Jay a good bit, and he keeps up with it a lot, especially baseball. But every day, y'all still in it every day. Uh, you yeah, reading, I mean, reading Gamecock Central every day, all the time. Like <laughs> I, I, for real, and following recruiting, and, and now it takes on a slightly different approach in that I'm more of a fan than than anything else. But uh, the University of South Carolina is always been and always will be a special place to me and my family and i think uh maybe the only bigger gamecock fan than me might be my 14 year old daughter <laughs> uh and, and so you know it, it we i do follow it every day because uh it, it's it's no secret the university gave me an opportunity to uh coach at the highest level to coach an sec top 25 division one program that gave me then the opportunity to coach olympians and travel all over the world and uh so for that I am forever indebted to them, and and looking at this now as an opportunity to continue to help the athletes at the university. Jay, what have been your thoughts on the baseball team this year? Got to get those from you before you leave. Yeah, certainly. It's been fun to watch, and and you never know early early in the season as as pitchers are getting you know their innings in, and, and as hitters are now seeing more and more live pitching, and and sometimes the non conference games are are the tune up for the SEC and. Uh, you're not really sure exactly what you got until the SEC starts. And so I, I think for me, it was, it was a little bit of the same this year. Now, I knew we were talented. I knew we had some arms with some, and, and some depth there. But then what we did, you know, at University of Georgia, which is, 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 is a great environment in the SEC, but it's not an easy place to play. Uh, and going there and, and sweeping, you know, that, that, that game one was pivotal. pivotal. We, uh, you know, we were down, I think, a run going into the eighth and, and came back and, and won, I believe it was five to four. And then, and then it, the, the, the other two games were, um, you know, the run rules. But uh, I was impressed. You know, the, the arms, I, I think, if, if, if the depth that, that we're showing early on can continue uh, on the mound, you know, that's, that's a lot of times the key. So I, I'm very impressed and looking forward to, to this weekend. So we talk a lot about the grind of the SEC schedule from a baseball standpoint, being that you lived it. What is that like as you get into conference play week after week after week, taking on tough opponent after tough opponent as the season goes along? Yeah, great question. It's it's uh, there's there's no back in high school. You know, you you would have your your certain games that you had to get up for, but then there were others that you know, okay, if we don't have our A game, we'll be okay. But there's not an off weekend. You know, you can celebrate that that sweep or that conference victory for a day, and then the next day after that at practice, you're looking at scouting reports and you're looking at. Um, you know, certain tendencies and, and game planning for the night. Like, there's just no off day and uh, or off weekend. And the SEC, I mean, we, we talk about it with all the sports in the SEC. Everybody is, is you know, a national contender in, in really every sport. And baseball's no different. And it's, uh, you know, there's no off weekend until the end of the season. Yeah, and, I mean, just to illustrate your point, I mean, I think before they updated the polls yesterday, I think four of the top six teams in the country were SEC teams. Missouri comes in here next. But you look at that, they just swept Tennessee, who was number two. So it's incredibly difficult week to week. Jay, any, any, um, putting you on the spot a little bit here, but any of the players on this team that really catch your eye? I specifically want to get your thoughts on a couple, not pitchers, but hitters. Gavin Cassis, the way he's hitting the ball. And then Ethan Petrie, 
who is a freshman, I mean, he hit one that still has not come down against Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, but both of those guys. So, so my my son has bat has been the bat boy for Carolina a couple times, and so you know he'll come back and be like, man, you know, Cassis is awesome. Like he's my favorite player. <laughs> and then the next, and then the next game, somebody else hits a home run. He's like, oh man, you know, uh, Petrie's my favorite. You know, whatever. And and uh, it, it is fun. They, those guys are are they're one. They're they're good people. They're good to my son. You know, he he can be a little bit inquisitive, and he can you know hammer some of their snacks on the on the dugout bench, but. <laughs> Uh, they're good to my son, um, but and, and so they're good people. But the talent is there. You know, I, obviously I was a pitcher, and so I'm, I'm always a little bit more in tune with with the arms. Sanders, obviously, you know he he's got you know Friday night stuff and and future big league type stuff. You know, even uh, you, you look at, at a guy like Matthew Becker who who threw substantial innings last year and will throw substantial innings this year. But right now, it's it's kind of that that Tuesday night starter, that midweek starter. You know, he's gonna he, he's he's got as good of an arm and, and could be throwing Friday nights for you know probably half or or if not all the SEC teams. But we just got such a. a, a a pitching staff with with so much depth, you know they're fun to watch and and like like I said, more importantly, they're good people and and the culture that Coach Kingston have a, has over there, like it's just fun to you know from a distance be associated with them and, and be able to to have my son involved. McGee, you mentioned that you follow recruiting on Gamecock Central on a daily, if not hourly, basis, right? So uh, did you um you followed Nick Carver's recruitment oh, yes. then the big track kid? All right, another thing that I keep going back to this interview we had years ago, but you told me when you recruited swimmers. If you found a guy that was like six five, six six, like even if he wasn't developed, you wanted to take him. Could you make Nick Harbor an elite swimmer? Ooh, that's a that's a He's really pretty interesting athletic. question. Well, that yes and no. You you could if you had time, I would assume. But the the thing you look for is is when you're recruiting swimmers. I always went, and I'm really impressed that you remembered that. By the way, that we had that conversation. That was a long time ago. Uh, I used to go after guys and that were six five and above. And we had actually, when we would recruit women, we would have, you know, our normal recruiting setup, but then we would have the six foot club. Any, any female that was over six feet, feet, we didn't need to look farther than that. We were because you can't coach height. And so, uh, you know, there's, there's certain things you look at that's evolved. And I think with Nicholas Harbor, uh, there is a, there is such a well-rounded athleticism with him that is unlike anything we've seen in a really, really long time. That sort of speed, um, you know, Clowney doesn't have that sort of speed. And, and so I'm not saying he's the next Genevieve Clowney, but, but this kid is, is the real deal. Um, and, and I know Curtis Fry is a very good friend of mine, and I could almost feel the smile on his face when that, when that all went down that day. Uh, when he's sitting in his press conference and, and, and they're like, can you, is there anybody you can compare Nick Harbour to? And he's like, kind of reminds me of Carl Lewis a little bit. And you're like, all right, well, yeah. <laughs> that'll do. Uh, if Carl Lewis was about nine inches taller. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. We'll come back on the other side, wrap up today's edition of the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Well, welcome back into the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head, Chris Clark. Coach Moody and Jay Brown along with us for a few more minutes here. And uh, during that commercial break, what uh, Chris brought up a few minutes ago got me thinking about the Nicholas Harbor thing. I'll ask you kind of a reverse question of that, Coach. Did you ever have a swimmer that you thought could translate really well to the football field? Mm, sorry. Um, not, not necessarily football, but I will tell you that I, I recruited uh, a young man. He was a local kid, Jonathan Bolin. Uh, 
from Columbia, and I recruited him because he was there for club swim practice at the Blatt one day, uh, and the club always met upstairs in the gym. And I had walked upstairs because some of our guys were upstairs, you know, stretching out after practice, and they were in the gym. And I looked over, and Jonathan Bolin has a basketball, and he's just shooting around. And all of a sudden, I see him take off, and he does this 360 dunk as as a junior in high school, and the kid's a swimmer. And I was like, that's it, done. And I, I walked over to him, and I said, I need to talk with you and your parents. And... uh and his dad and, and mom came in. Uh, long story short, he ended up becoming an All-American swimmer at South Carolina, uh, was uh, was our school record holder for a while uh, in the 100 Butterfly, and uh, was was an unbelievable – he was just all-around athletic. And I, I'd seen him swim before, and, and he was solid. You know, but, but he didn't go off the charts with his technique or anything like that. But his athleticism, when I saw him on a basketball court, I was like, if, if he can translate, because swimmers don't translate to dry land very well. Yeah. That's why they're swimmers. They don't do that very well. Gravity is not good to swimmers. So when, when I saw what he could do on a basketball court, I was like, that, there's a body awareness there that we need to go after, that we need to recruit. And we did, and he came and he did a great job for us. That's awesome. Did you value like two sports. I know you said it doesn't translate to dry land, but you always hear in football, like you want guys to play two or three sports. It's not that much the case with swimming because uh, USC's got Ryan Brubaker who plays mm-hmm. guard center for them was a pretty good swimmer yep, in high yep. school. Well, I, it, it's interesting because to, to be an elite level swimmer, uh, there's so much time that has to go into it. Um, but to be honest, I'm never going to turn somebody away who is a dual sport athlete because I believe there is, like I said, there's a certain level of coordination and body awareness, um, balance, athleticism that goes into that can translate into the water if you know how to coach that. Um, and so uh, it, it was a mix. I, I didn't go out of my way. Uh, I, always, I always viewed somebody being a dual sport athlete as a bonus. Let's get back into a little bit more of the NIL financial management space. We got both you guys with Cornerstone Financial Management. And then we got Jeremy Smith here from Garnet Trust hanging out in the studio with us. I know you guys have been working together some, which I think is a pretty cool thing. Um, again, going back to kind of the negative headlines about NIL, you read a lot about this kid getting this or being offered this, and you don't hear as much about, A, the charitable piece, B, the financial compliance piece of it, and just making sure they have a plan. But I know you were talking earlier about map- mapping out a plan for athletes. In a hypothetical scenario, Jay, tell us, you know, if you're sitting down with an athlete who had come into some NIL money, what's your starting point? I know it depends on a, lo- a wide variety of factors. How much money, how old are they, family background, all that stuff. But what's your starting point in mapping out a plan for them? Yeah, yeah. First, you know, we're going to see what's the cash flow needs. You know, is there, a, is there a short-term purchase that's needed? You know, are you able to get around from, you know, your classes or, or you know, uh, go visit your family? Like, is there, is there an automotive, you know, a, a vehicle need? Is there something specific? Do you have, you know, someone back at home, a, a family member, uh, a, a brother, you know, that, that you want to make sure uh, is squared away, you know, for education later? You know, the, the short term, what's the short term situation that, that could potentially um, be needed, you know, from a cash flow standpoint? You know, the tax situation. Do you realize that you're going to get this much money, but uh, this percentage or, or, you know, estimated percentage is going to go toward taxes? And, you know, you, you, you can't count on that gross figure, you know, to, to be in your bank account. There, there's going to be the, a tax situation at some point. And so we have to be aware of that. And then, you know, kind of planning in the future. What, what does your, you know, 
more intermediate term? What is the long term? Where where do you envision yourself in the you know three year, five year, ten year uh, situation? Is is a you know if you're playing in a sport that has professional you know professional uh, teams or overseas or Olympian type uh, aspirations, what do those look like? So it's really piecing together the immediate needs, you know, the the more intermediate, and then of course the long term. Uh, to, to really start the, the conversation and, and see just where they are and how much do they know um, about, you know, taxes and about cash flow and about just simple stuff. You know, where do you bank? You know, what is the interest rate that, that your savings account's getting? That, that kind of stuff starts the conversation, and then we can dig into to a little bit more. To add to what Jay was just saying, I think, you know, as a coach, my mind always thinks in terms of recruiting. How do you get the next best athlete? How do you? And, and so if I'm a coach and I'm looking at this and, and NLI is a very realistic piece of what we do now um, and we have to know valuations and what and what these athletes are worth to be able to sit down in a in a living room with a family and say, hey, not only uh, is is this available to, to your son or your daughter uh, as an NLI or uh, NIL situation, um, we're going to help on the back end too. We're going we're gonna to provide a complete and total package. We're, we're going to make sure that they have a plan with that, uh, with that money that they come into uh, as they go forward, and, and we're going to help them map out. And, and for me, it's a big kind of like bridging the gap. You, you have this money. If, if you have a, a football player, there's going to there's gonna be a time between his college, um, college athletics and the, the combine where there's expenses there. There's things that have to be paid. How do, you, how do you manage this NIL money to help them cover down on those expenses so they don't get blindsided? How do you help them manage through t- taxes? You'd be amazed at, at, you know, when I was 18 years old, I didn't think about taxes. So uh, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of things here. And when we first started um, talking with Jeremy about opportunities um, for Garnet Trust and how we could all provide a service for them and then and in turn um, work together to create the most solid package for student athletes um, really in the country. What's the biggest, when you are sitting down with people, we, we can say it's athletes or just people in general of all walks of life, is it is the biggest maybe surprise when y'all are going over everything to them, ooh, taxes, I, I owe I can potentially owe all these taxes or is it more of, oh, if I save, you know, like what you went, what you said earlier, Jay, the, the $1 becoming $80, $100 well into the future? Uh, I, I think it's both really. It, yeah. it depends on where they're coming from. I, I think being able to show them the potential of what their money could become, like what it has the potential to become with, you know, you have to be very clear that that's never a guarantee, but what it can become. And, and on the flip side of that, some of these folks that are that are, you know, pulling in big NIL dollars, I think there's a very, very real shock shock value to when you say, hey, look, this is approximately how much you're going to owe in taxes. And some of them, you just see this look on their face like, I'm not giving up that much money. <laughs> like, I, I'm not paying that. I, what, you're serious? You're telling me the it's truth? like you kind of have to. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not and an so option. They, you know, teaching them, and that's a big part. How do you plan for that? How do you, how do you make sure that you're able to accomplish and meet your needs, accomplish your goals, and still set aside that amount of money, um, still pay off that kind of debt, uh, those, those sorts of things for them and giving them a blueprint uh, for a lot of them is very freeing. Like it, it, it gives to say, okay, well, I can kind of, I can control this situation. Um, and, and for a lot of athletes, what I, I know about their mentality and their personality is uh, they like to be in control. They like to control their training. They like to control their performance. They like to control their nutrition. And this gives them another opportunity to be in control. 
That'll do it for today's edition of the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Coach Jay, Jeremy, and Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us. Coming up next is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs right here on 107.5 The Game.